0: Hello and welcome to the EDH Rec Room. This is a place for more casual discussion and I'm Joey Schultz, joined as always by Matt Morgan. How you doing, bud?
1: I'm um, good, Joey. I figured out why dark is spelled with a K and not a C. Why is that? Well, you, you can't see in the dark, so I, that's <laughs> made sense.
0: That's so good. It only oh made man, sense. It, al- it almost frustrates me how good you get me with these sometimes. I'm also joined by Dana Roach. How you doing, bud? Um, I have a trivia question for you here, Joey. I'm afraid of what
2: this is going to be, but go
0: ahead. Hit me
2: with that. What have we had more of in the month of February? Bands or secret airdrops? Ooh. That depends
0: on the amount of time between when we recorded this and when <laughs> no, it gets
2: published. That's <laughs> a really good point. Oh,
0: man. Anyway, we're here just sort of chatting. We, we were kind of talking a little bit about... Basically, our favorite playstyles. Um, You know, I really love graveyard stuff. Matt loves the combat step. Dana loves doing his taxes while he plays. Um, <laughs> and, and we thought that, honestly, that that kind of might be... Um, like, we wanted to dig in so much more to each other's strategies that we thought that there might be um, a potential that other folks want to hear a little bit more about what attracts us to each of those different pieces of gameplay as well. So, Matt, we're actually uh, starting this off with you because... I mean, you're kind of our resident agro player, so it seems fitting that we'd start off with you talking to us all about why you love the attack step so much. Why do you keep hitting me? Stop it, please.
1: Oh yeah, you, you are correct. I, I'm the resident connoisseur of the uh, the combat step, as it were. And yeah, I just decided to attack you into submission and uh, <laughs> let's and start this series, really.
0: Yeah, it could be a, a nice, fun series that we do of our uh, our signature styles. But also, maybe uh, ulterior motive. I can convince you while we're talking about your favorite style to stop hitting me. That's maybe. not going to happen. That oh, is not going to happen. <laughs> well, okay. So, what what I guess draws you of the different commander options available to you when it comes to you know, there's graveyard stuff you can do. There's artifact synergies. There's enchantress stuff. There's so many different things that you could do in commander. What makes you drawn to this specific strategy? first and foremost.
1: Well I, I guess there's really there's three main things that I, I like about kind of the, the stompy beat down decks. Um a, I just I love being proactive. Um I, I love kind of being the one to initiate things, um sitting around and just I, being the reactive player, you you there's more places to go wrong and I am self-aware enough to know I'm not a fantastic magic player. I'm okay. (laughs) But like, I would like to minimize the, the chances for me to make the wrong decision. So being proactive, uh, whether it's in commander or any other format, being the, the aggressive, being the beat down as it were, um, it gives me less chances to make the wrong decision. So that's, that's one of the big reasons. But another thing too, is it puts pressure on other players. If you've watched our games at twitch.tv slash EDH uh, like my Valdeck deck, I, I bring it out fairly often. but that deck, it puts pressure on every on everyone else at the table to hurry up. you you're you're not going to get five turns to set up. You're not going to get to, you know, establish whatever you're trying to do. like there are no turns off when you're at a table with Matt Morgan.
0: I, I'm really digging a lot of what you're saying there, especially like the control elements. Like there are totally, you know, I, I enjoy the odd counter spell here sure. and there. Um, but playing counter spells does have that risk of like, I need to know what to counter and when to sandbag these counter spells in case, you know, player three over there ends up playing something worse than player one. And there's a lot of, like you said, opportunities to go wrong there. I love that. But also, so like i i guess I, I love how much you know about yourself that you want to be the person who uh, <laughs> asks the question instead of responding to the question um like that's really cool but also the thing you said about there's never uh, taking a turn off man that's so frustratingly true like if i try to spend six mana on an enchantment that's not going to really affect the board you will punish me for that and it hurts
1: <laughs> i i try well and like if if you took Dana's Sphinx's deck, like Dana, you've talked about the deck on the podcast. It's a control deck. It sits around. Yes. It, it it establishes the board. If you asked me to play that deck, we would have exact opposite results. Like I might win one in twenty games with that, whereas you have a pretty decent win percentage with that deck. Like the playstyle itself, like you have played it enough and and you understand control decks well enough that you can can weigh out. Okay, is this threat with what I have left in the deck? do I need to answer this now? Can I wait a turn, et cetera? Like I am not good at making those decisions um, at all. <laughs> so <laughs> me being the one that says, here's something, answer it or die. Like I have found in, in modern, in, in legacy in all the different formats that I've played, like that type of play style is where I've had, I have the most success and I enjoy winning. Like I'm not the most competitive person when it comes to commander, but like, I do enjoy winning. So, Putting myself in a position to win, um, I just find more enjoyment from that too.
2: Well, here's my, uh, my observation on, on you and your play style. Um, Ooh, putting and, him and, on the couch. And, yeah. And, and I'll throw this out there for, for anybody in the future when we're at events that, that meets Matt. I want to see if you get this vibe too. There's an element of Matt that feels a lot like. Tom Hanks in big like he's <laughs> he's he's a, a little kid in an adult body and he has that like aura of kind of mischief and and wonderment and I, I, like I don't know quite know how to sum it up but like there's a little bit of that little kid in you Matt and, and it comes out very much when you meet you in person and looking at um, you know take your Mary Weatherlight Duelist deck for example that looks like the deck that like a 12 year old who first discovered magic wants to make when he's a grown-up. But like it, it has that same sense of fun and enjoyment and delight when you first find magic as a kid. It's there in an adult deck for you.
1: Well and, and that's why they call like the, the well the, the joke name used to be like green white little kid aggro. Totally is true <laughs> yeah. because like that's like that's that was the first deck that, like when I got back into magic, I was I saw Fleece Main Lion. I'm like, this is what I want to do. This I'm just gonna play value creatures and make them big and beat down, but yeah, it, it absolutely is just like I enjoy putting creatures on the battlefield. I like putting the onus on whoever I'm playing against. Like I'm gonna do my thing, you have to answer it to do your thing. Uh, I just I've always enjoyed those types of just let's not dirtle. I don't want to play a two hour game. Plus, like I, I guess the last point about these types of decks is like games got to end. Mm -hmm. sure like you can't have a week-long game and everybody just kind of like leaves so somebody's got to end that game and i would just prefer it to be me
0: (laughs) (laughs) fair enough so you've mentioned valduk you've mentioned miri um is there any specific reason i guess why those expressions of aggro were the commanders that you were drawn more towards than others in the same color combinations or or in like other i I think you usually do kind of stick to uh it tends to be like two or mono decks Um, if I'm recalling correctly, and you do really seem to like honing in on those specific ones, but like, I guess I'm also kind of curious why those specific ones is just because they attack so much more easily than everyone else. Or, um, is there a uniqueness to them that you really wanted to creatively, uh, work through? Or is it really, uh, just that you saw the opportunity for more damage than I could potentially deal
2: with?
1: Well, so one of the big things that I really like about green white decks in general, and, and like I kind of said, is like I like playing efficient creatures. I like playing something that's going to maybe have it in the battlefield effect um, and then have bonuses a little bit later. I think that's kind of why I like playing creatures so much, is you're able to, with pretty much any creature you want to be playing in commander anymore like there's an end of the battlefield effect whether it's reclamation sage whether it's a skyclave apparition like there's so many different things that you can do with an end of the battlefield trigger so you're getting some sort of quote-unquote spell effect from that but you're leaving a body around later that you can benefit from so really like you're getting double the value almost Mm -hmm. because you're getting that effect but then you also have a creature that you can Used to get souped up with Crater Hoof Behemoth or, or Pathbreaker Ibex or something like that. So you're you're kind of getting double duty with a lot of these effects. And I, I've just always been kind of frugal, I guess. So like if I can find a way to get extra value from something that I'm doing, why not do it in Magic 2? And that's where my Miri deck especially, uh I I almost am toying around with the, like do I want to make it a Panharmonicon deck? I know blue-white <laughs> is kind of the flicker colors, but, like, there are so many good ETB effects in green-white that, like, why wouldn't I want to double a Crater Hoof Behemoth? Why wouldn't I want to double uh, the the draw triggers from the Great Henge? Because that is a enter-the-battlefield ability. So, like, it's oh, that's great. it's just fun to to find all these interactions and all these things that I can just, like, keep multiplying off of, like, what I like to are triggers from my War Elf coming into play, Absolutely.
0: I think there's also a thing that kind of jumps out to me about the uh, the style that you um, encompass with these different decks. I, I keep coming back to Miri. It does seem to be like your very signature deck at this point. But like you were kind of the master of onboard tricks that I still can't respond to effectively. <laughs> um, yeah. Like you'll you'll slam down the scavenging Goose and you'll be like, what about it? Like, I know what you can do with that. And you are it's so good even though it's like, it's not sneaky. I really enjoy that sneaky style. And you're just like, no, it is here. Or there's a Pathbreaker Ibex on the battlefield now. You have one turn to respond to this <laughs> yeah. thing. Yep. Um. And like, I know that. I see it coming. And yet you have still totally browbeaten us because you're putting us into this almost catch 22 of things that are, they're so efficient, even though we can see it coming. The onboard tricks are just so intense. And I think that's also, I don't know if I'm kind of, rhapsodizing about this a little bit too but like (laughs) well it's just that i'm thinking about those trixie styles like i expect a control deck to be trixie so when it is trixie i'm like well yeah it's a control deck but when you are trixie in an aggro deck it makes those moments even more unexpected and potentially even more impactful because those are not the types of tricks that I expect from an aggro deck the way that a control deck would do. And you just have a a great way of doing that. It's all above the table. It's all right there in front of me and it still is totally crushing. And that's just such an awesome tip for aggro players, I
1: think. Well, And and I know, like, I like that there was a game, I don't remember what game it was or what deck it was against of Dana's, but I had a selfless spirit on board and he just kind of like sat there and was like, I mean, the selfless spirit is going to stop me from, like any answer I have for the rest of your battlefield. Like, depends on the selfless spirit going away first. And like, there, there are so many different ways that you can set that up. Where you know, and like you said, Joey, like you're you're putting pressure on the battlefield. You're 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 being very proactive. You're saying, "Here's what I'm doing." Uh, what do? But then also, like that, like you said, it it makes those those tricky moments that you do happen to pull out all that much more impactful um arachnogenesis has been probably an mvp in this deck because i is like i build up a board i swing i knock somebody out of the game but then like oh the crackback i'm like i don't care about the crackback because i have the best (laughs) fog in the game or i have a teferis protection so like i only play like 11 instants in the deck but like if they are incredibly powerful when i play them like people don't see it coming because i've put so many resources on the board already so like that's one thing that i've always enjoyed about my valdeck deck and maybe not so much to this to this amount but like miri especially is just like chef's kiss when it comes to okay i'm gonna do my thing a little bit um now that i've i've done a little bit of that thing how am i going to maximize it and make sure that like nobody else sees what i'm doing next coming
0: And and even if they do see it coming, like I'm looking through your list and listeners, these uh, links for Matt's deck lists will be in the description below. Um, But like you've got Scoot Swarm in there and it's just like, all right, did you find an answer? No. Well, it's going to keep happening. Like (laughs) there will be more Scoot Swarms. Uranus the Indomitable is just like, hey, I've got like 12 mana free. Which of my creatures are you going to try and block? Because I'll pump them up with this ability and there's not really much that you can do about it. It's just very impressive stuff that just because it's aggro doesn't mean that it's not so capable of some absolutely obnoxious trickery.
2: I mean, I I think we found ourselves multiple times on the other end of that primal order clock too. where you are like, well, I'm taking (laughs) six damage a turn for the next two or three turns that we need to solve that problem or we're all just dead. Or Throne of the God Pharaoh. That's another right, one. i yeah. like, Matt's
0: yeah. only going to kill me with combat damage. And then he's like, um, I'm going to tap all my creatures for mana with some other whatever thing. And then here's a Throne of the God Pharaoh. I have 10 tapped creatures. And oh, I'm sorry about your life total there, bud. Like, it's just like, you still got so many other cool ways. And that that's just like such a, a great lesson for me. I don't play a ton of aggro. But if I ever do dip into it, this is there's a lot to learn from these types of extra tricks.
1: Well, and that type, that type of deck was actually why I wanted to to build this deck originally. I, it was a Glare of subdual where you can tap a creature to, mm. uh, tap, basically I would tap down all the other people. Um, and I use Miri so that you can only attack me with one creature. Well, I'm going to use Miri to tap down your best creature. So you have to attack me with like a 2-2 two, two, and I don't care. That's how the deck originally started. Um, and there are a bunch of like Convoke abilities in there. But now it's like Cryptolith right, and like, I'm just going to turn things sideways <laughs> for the most part. But then like, it, yeah, Throne of the God Pharaoh is... Insane, but then like you have the mana dorks that turns into a harvest season, and I get six lands. Like, there's so many cards that just incidentally benefit. Like, it, it's not a dedicated, like, tap down control deck, kind of like what it originally was. It's definitely more of a, a aggro deck, but like, there's still cards that benefit that, like, I'm surprised don't see more. Like, I know we we kind of were like, eh, harvest season, eh. but like, the more that I've played harvest season, the more I love it. The more that I play March of the Multitudes oh, you only have three blockers? No, you have six blockers now. The more that I've delved into this deck, the more that I've I've grown to appreciate it. And like, yeah, primal order. Like, Dana, that was a challenge stats of yours. So really, you're killing yourself whenever I play. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, that and the fact that I only have like, you know, eight basics in my entire deck. Well, that too. Yeah, it just it does speak to
0: like those cards might not be good everywhere, but you've made them good here. That speaks to the level of expertise that you've got with stuff uh, here. And I mean, even just Miri preventing people from being able to block efficiently is just like that's an onboard trick. But like, good luck, everybody else. This is such a. Uh, a house that you have to deal with and like you mentioned this is the thing that we all have to answer first before we are able to play and that's really important like there are a whole bunch of us i think in commander that can kind of get a little bit too laid back like oh i've got the first six turns to develop my strategy no, and I'm you sure that no one's gonna and that's exactly it you you don't you're like yeah math is for blockers but guess what you can't block
1: <laughs> yeah well and, and mary just is such a great offensive and defensive tool and i i just it it stinks that like she's not that popular among Selesnya commanders. Um, she's definitely got that pre-con effect of people see it as a cat deck. And that's what the, uh, the stats on EDH Rex show, but man, it is, it is such a fun, just combat control style of deck. And it's, I, I just, man, there, I could go on for so long about just all the fun little interactions that I've built into the deck. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, it's terribly underrated. And I'm very glad that like, I found this commander that just spoke to, like the the casual like I'm just gonna do these fun things to make me feel feelings. And if I could play competitive deck, it would be something like this. But yeah, I'm I'm just very glad Miri exists as a card, even though she is a cat. I'm a dog person, but you you found a cat that spoke to your inner uh, Tom Hanks from Big. There it is. There it is. Right there. <laughs>